and makes a difference. What are we going to give away this Christmas season? We are going to start right away with some scripture out of Matthew 2. We are going to look at the first gifts given at the very first Christmas. And so let's go to Matthew chapter 2. I'm going to read verses 1 through 3, and then I'm going to read verses 9 through 11 together. And so uh, if you're there, say there. All right, here we go. If you're here, say here. I'm just messing with you now. Okay, here we go. Matthew chapter 2. Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. About that time, some wise men from eastern land arrived in Jerusalem, asking, where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose, and we have come to worship him. King Herod was deeply disturbed when he heard this, as was everyone in Jerusalem. Go on down to verse 9. After this interview, the wise men went their way, and the star they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. It went ahead of them and stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were filled with joy. They entered the house and saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasure chests and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And if you're new with us on Christmas Eve, the kids do not bother me a bit. We do this on purpose so that everybody, our kids, workers, and families can all be in here together. Kids are jacked on Christmas Eve. I know that because I was one. And so you do not have to be worried about their little noises. If they're absolutely melting down and you want to get them out of here, there's a mother's room upstairs. Or if you want to make dad go, uh, it can be a dad's room tonight. But they are not bothering me. We do this on purpose so that we can do this together. I'm just going to go for about 20 20, 40, 50 minutes, don't worry about it, and uh, I'm jacked on Christmas Eve, so I got to get to some gifts too, but just wanted you guys to know that. So here we go. We have the first gifts on Christmas. What can we give that lasts and makes a difference? What are we going to give away to others this Christmas season? We've been moving through this month of December. Some of you have been with us. Week one, we talked about faith. And week two, hope. Week three, grace. Week four, love. Today, I want to go a slightly different direction about what, not just what can we give away to others, what can we give to Jesus? Have your kids ever asked, if it's Jesus' birthday, how come we're getting the presents? What can we give Jesus? What do you give the guy that has everything? Right? What can we give? Who has somebody, at least one somebody, that is hard to shop for? Like, I've got some easy people. Like, my daughter Hope, I could just, I could go to a thrift store, fill a bag, and she'd be happy. Like, she is just, she just loves stuff. And it doesn't matter. I could go to Alta, I could go to the game store, I could go to like 10 different stores, spend a few hundred dollars, and she just would be thrilled. But you've got that person, right, that is difficult to shop for. Usually, sometimes it's because they have maybe been around a few more years and they've already bought all the things that they want. Or if you're trying to buy for mom and dad and they still have more money than you, if they want it, they're going to get it, and you can't buy the things that they still want, 
right? And so it's like, what do we give these people? Well, you give them gift cards. <laughs> My father-in-law tonight was saying, if you have, you know, any last-minute gift ideas, like kind of like a la Clark Griswold, uh, you, all you have to do is go down to Coughlin and just pick the reddest Corvette there with the shiniest wheels, and he's going to be real happy. Like, that's, that's what it takes. And so we got to give these people gift cards because... We, we want to contribute something that they want, but we can't go up to the thing that would really ring their bell. Like, we're trying to come up with something, and, and the problem is, is the budget doesn't match the, like, what's left on the list, right? What do they really want? They just want their kids with them. They just want time together. But we all want to give something that gives and lasts and make a difference. What can we give Jesus? This story shows us what we can give Jesus because the last time I checked, my budget doesn't compete with his. I can't outgive him. And yet here I am celebrating his birthday, enjoying his presence. But what can I give him? What can I give the king of kings. Well, let's move through these verses here. It starts off by saying, wise men from the east. Now, nobody knows how many. But what, what do we stick with, right? What's the number we stick with? Three because of three gifts. That is the only reason why we guess three, and I think it's pretty good. But it could have been a group of people just chipping in on three big gifts. We don't know. Uh, it could. We don't know. We're not going to go there. It says that they came from the east. These were not Jewish men. These were people from outside this faith. They saw something in the heavenlies that symbolized royalty being born, and they got moving towards it. Something happened up in the heavenlies that drew them towards Israel, towards Jerusalem, and eventually landing in Bethlehem. It says that they began asking in Jerusalem. Well, it makes sense. They see the star over here. They're, they know that they're in the country of Israel. They know that they're near the capital city. Well, if you're looking for the prince, where do you go? I'd check the palace, right? Well, it says that they start asking just people. Where's the newborn king? Well, could you imagine just the hustle and bustle of just everyday life? This is a busy place even at that point. And people are like, um, that's, that didn't make the news bulletin. Like, it didn't make it. And so they keep getting told, we don't know, we don't know. They make it to the palace and they get into the company of the king. And they say, where's the new king? Ouch. Well, this says Herod was disturbed. Imagine that. But what I want you to catch is it says, as was everyone in Jerusalem. Friends, you might be here tonight because grandma made you come to church. I don't know. That's a good grandma. 
you might be hearing about a king tonight and it might disturb you because you were just fine before you heard the news. These people already had full lives. These people were in motion. It took people from outside of their culture recognizing something going on in the stars. We still don't know exactly what it was for it to be so fixated over just a local region and staying in place. Like that's not what stars do if you know anything about astronomy. Something unusual was happening and it took somebody from outside the culture to recognize it and say that this lines up with something big happening and royalty was just born. But this news was upsetting to the people. When you begin to hear that there is a king and his name is Jesus and he's not your king yet, that is disturbing. It should shake you a bit, and then you have to reconcile that somehow. Anytime something comes in to shake up what we already know or believe or understand around us, it becomes unsettling to us, and we have to go through a process and make it reconcile. We either have to say, they're crazy. I don't believe that. That's not true. Or this is why this isn't good for me. We have to come to a place where we process it so we can move on so that, they, that, so that information doesn't concern us any longer. Do you see what I'm saying? So this was disturbing to not just Herod because, hello, I like being the king. But disturbing to these people who already had plenty going on and this just was something that was outside, left field, that, that was just kind of not making any sense to them. It says that they continued on following the star to Bethlehem. I googled this just to make sure. I knew it was close. It's not exactly a suburb, but 66 miles is the distance from Bethlehem to Jerusalem. Well, from a thousand miles away, or thousands, we don't know, well, 66 miles is like the star would have been more or less over the same spot, right? So they just assumed it's Jerusalem. They get there and they say, oh, hang on a second. Nobody here knows what's going on. And we see the star just a bit outside. That's another movie reference, but that's okay. It happens a lot around here. I'm sorry. Not sorry. Hey! They go to Bethlehem. It says that they saw the star again and they were filled with joy. Why? Because the star that they've been, been chasing is finally over the place that they're standing, basically, and they know that they have finally are getting close to the prince that's at the end of the journey that they've been on. They know that they're here. They know that they're going to find what they've been looking for. It says that they move into where Mary and the baby was. It says that they bowed down and worshipped Him. And then it says that they opened their treasure chests. Now, I don't have a treasure chest. I got a bank account and money just kind of seems to leave it faster than it goes in. I surely don't have like a pile anywhere. Like... These guys were dragging treasure chests with them. It says that they open the treasure chest and they present these three gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. These symbolize a few things about Jesus' life. The first, 
gold is a gift that you would give to royalty. They knew they were meeting a king. But frankincense was something that was only burned and offered up to the gods as they understood it. So now you're talking about royalty plus deity. And then there's myrrh. Well, myrrh was most commonly used as a healing agent for somebody who had been gravely wounded. But even more commonly than that was it was a burial dressing for people that had already died. So that's what you bring to the new king? Right? So here are these three wise men from out of this total equation. They are far removed from, from the, the... Maybe they did know some of the prophetic words that were, were spoken through if they'd studied maybe languages and, and other groups around them. But they were from outside this system, and yet they come in and they give these gifts that recognize Jesus for who He is. And just like you and I, when we consider somebody and we go through the process of picking out a gift for them, we want to give something that's meaningful, something that represents them, something that rec- represents our relationship to them. There's going to be gifts that that I'm going to give that are going to be different for different people based on my relationship with them. And yet, here come these kings, these wise men. And they give Him these gifts. This is why we worship. This is why we celebrate Christmas. Our God and our King humbled Himself to share in our humanity how many kings do you can just if you remember paying any attention in uh let's say uh, history those kind of things how many kings throughout the ages claim to be some sort of deity here on earth well that was pretty much the religion of the egyptians was that their pharaoh was god and and even throughout all the different cultural uh the the big dynasties they basically considered their place as king or royalty as divine, like that it was divine also. Like they would want to claim that as some sort of, yeah, I'm just a bit better than everybody else. How many deities do you remember learning about that claimed humanity? If you didn't understand that, I'm going to say it again. It's Christmas, we're all all just a little frazzled. Friends, it's pretty common for a man to claim heavenly stature. We have seen it over and over again. It has played out throughout the history of mankind. Somebody just gets... And what's even crazier is if you do read through the Bible, it actually says that leaders are appointed by God, but it's because He's doing what He wants to do. But we cycle through the ages. We cycle through the decades, the the millennium. And and we get these leaders that from from the Roman Empire to the Chinese dynasties to, to who knows who, all of them, And they get to this place and they want to look down on all the rest of creation and say, look at me. 
But friends, if you look through the history books, I know of one. And it says, for God so loved the world that he sent his son. And we read the first chapter of John a couple weeks ago, and it says, in the beginning was the word. And the word was God. The word was with God. And in him all things were created. And it says, the word became flesh. There's not a whole lot of deity standing in line to take on these beautiful bodies. Maybe some of y'all have one. I don't know. But like, this isn't what like, the heavenly sign up for. They, it's going to be better than this. So what do we give him? What do we give him? It says, we, it says that they opened their treasure chests. Later in the same book of Matthew, Jesus will teach where your treasure is, your heart is also. So what's God talking about? This isn't the old preacher trick of friends. It's time to open up your wallet. No, it's time to open up your heart. Now, sometimes he tells you to open up your wallet, and that's fine. He's told me that a bunch of times over my lifetime, and I hope I obey him every time. But that's not what we're talking about. What this is saying is that where our treasure is, is there is our heart. And, and what this says is that we need to open up our treasure to the Lord. We need to open up our hearts to Him. And regardless of what these gifts are and what we've guessed at them to mean and, and for them to prophetically indicate or speak over His life, they gave their very best to Jesus. And it says that they bowed and they worshipped Him. This is why we worship. This is why we celebrate Christmas. Our God and King humbled Himself and came to share in our humanity. He suffered for us. we got to get this. We all talk about the cross or the, the road to Calvary, that, that the, the Via Della Rosa, that that's where the suffering began. Friends, coming in the flesh was the beginning of His suffering for us. He started to pay for us the moment that He came. God in heaven came to us. Emmanuel, God with us. This is a downgrade. Why? Because He loved us. He suffered for us. He died for us. He defeated death for us. And He has returned, by the way, to His throne. And there's another place in the Bible that says, guess what one of the things he's doing on that throne right now? It says that he's interceding. That's a fancy church word for praying for you and me. What's his primary concern? That we would open up our hearts to him. Friends, he's on the throne today. How will you respond to God's gift today. And here's where we're going to close. Are you going to respond like Jerusalem? Or are you going to respond like Bethlehem? What do I mean by that? In Jerusalem, Jesus was welcomed. He wasn't welcomed. He was seen as a threat. 
and he was seen as something that it was a distraction to the comfort of their lives that they were quite happy with. And it says they were troubled by the announcement of the birth of Jesus. Fast forward a little bit and fast walk 66 miles to Bethlehem and it says that when they saw the star, they were filled with joy. Does the birth of the king trouble you? I hope not. I hope it brings you great joy. Can we pray? How will you respond to God's gift today? What do you give the king of kings? Well, the end of that verse, John 3.16, it says, For God so loved the world that He gave His everlasting Son so that whoever believes in Him would never die spiritually, but would live forever. Do you know what you can give Jesus? Maybe you've heard it in Sunday school a long time ago. There's only one thing you can give Him your heart. We each have a treasure box. We have this gift of life that we've been given. When you see the King lying in a manger all the way to the cross and on that throne, what are you reaching in and giving Him tonight? If you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you've never accepted His forgiveness of your sins that He paid for on the cross, if you're ready to cross that line of faith, if you're ready to accept the gift of God's grace tonight, there is no greater gift that you can ever receive. If that's you tonight, I want to pray with you. Would you raise your hand? I'm not going to embarrass you. We're just going to take a moment and pause and pray. Is that anyone in this room? We're at the very end of our service. A simple prayer goes like this. Father God, I thank you for coming for me. I thank you for dying for me. I thank you for forgiving my sins. God, I recognize that you are on the throne of heaven. And I choose to bow my knee to you. And I choose to worship you. Father God, I give you my heart today. Lead me, Jesus. Amen. That's a beautiful prayer, and that's all that you can ever give Jesus, and it's all that he ever wants. Can we stand? We're going to close with Silent Night. This is my favorite five minutes of my favorite service of the whole year. Friends, we've been given the gift of all gifts. 
Father God loves you tonight. I don't know what's going on in your life. I don't know how crazy your kids are making you. I don't know the stack of bills that you're worried about paying. I don't know the diagnosis that you may still be reckoning with. I don't know the pain that's in your past. I don't know the current situation. But what I do know is that Jesus loves you. What I do know is that he has a plan for you. What I do know is that he has a church in mind for you. If you live close to us and you don't have one, we'd be honored for you to to be a part of the family church. But I guarantee you that there's a Jesus-believing, God-fearing church close to you. And I encourage you to find it. Because God wants you to be a present member of his family. He has a plan for you and a purpose for your life. And so as we close this service, as we celebrate the light of the world given to us in a manger, but who would later die for our sins and be raised back up to the throne that he was always on, then it's up to us to spread this light and this joy to other people. Let's pass the light and let's sing.